Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Jamie from Tiger Rock, Sioux City in Sioux City, Iowa. What's up, Jamie? How are you today? Great. How are you doing? Doing well. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. No problem. All right, cool. So let's jump right into the details here, wasting no time. What is it that made you want to open your own gym, own your own facility? Uh, well, I just, I wanted to stay active myself, keep myself active and fit. And then uh, with the martial arts, it's always been kind of a passion for me. Anyway, when I was a kid watching the Kung Fu movies, uh, getting jumped, getting beat up, you know, want to be able to defend yourself. So uh, it just carried on to having what, I had as a personal life was pretty rough. So I wanted to be able to help other people get past some of those areas in their lives and their struggles. So I think the fitness aspect and the martial arts aspect, I'll put it together, helps create a better person and it helps get them through some of the struggles that they need. So I think, you know, generally helping people is always a good thing. So. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. I love that. So Within the business currently, how do you structure things as far as your business model goes? Are we doing group classes, any private sessions, semi-privates? How does that look? Sure. We do uh, 18 in the classroom. They use the sign-up units. They sign up for the, I send it out weekly. Uh, they pick the days that they want. Generally, we do two on-site and then one off-site. Uh, as you can see with this setup here, this is what the people at home see. When they're training from home, they get the equipment that they need and they can do that from home. So we kind of, the COVID kind of jumped us ahead of some other places to get where they needed to go. Uh, we do do private lessons one-on-one. Um, -on -one. We can do private lessons through the Zoom, through that conference as well. But typically um, some of those that are, are training from home uh, still are training because of the COVID. Uh, they want to have that security of being, being able to come in, knowing that the place is clean and stuff like that. So if they want that private lesson, obviously we schedule, get everything done and they come in, do whatever training, get the things that they need done on hand, correct some of their form and techniques, and then they go back home and they perfect them. Got it. Okay. And what types of classes or programs or training sessions are you offering? We typically do just martial arts as a Taekwondo uh, is where it's from generated from Korean and uh, they come in and they get warmed up. We'll do an agility course or just regular exercise, jump jacks, push-ups, lunges, things like that, squats, get themselves warmed up, do some stretching, and then we'll go through some of the basic martial art techniques. Um, and then striking on a target or power bag or something to get that adrenaline, doing your striking techniques, obviously builds up that cardio as you're doing some jumping jacks, step a punch or something, front kicks, mm -hmm. builds up that cardio aspect. And then we do uh, board breaking, which helps with the bone growth. Once you start doing some impacting, that helps with that. So we do board breaking. Um, we'll do a couple rounds of sparring, minute 15, uh, whether on the bag or with a person, depending on how that, where that person is within their training level rank um and then one the class with some stretches awesome okay and what is the 
avatar that you're serving? Is there a certain age range that you serve or who are you targeting within your facility? Who are you looking to add to your membership essentially? Uh, we train, we break them down age groups. So we have tiger cubs, which are four and fives. And then we have juniors group, which is our biggest group with six and uh, six to 11 year olds. And then our youth group is 12 to 15. And then our adults is 16 on up. So I mean, I've got some students that are 72 years old and here still jumping, kicking and doing great. And then you got the little four, four year olds that are running around and burning off their energy. Mom and dad loves that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> all right. So quite the age range there, which is awesome that you're able to serve people kind of at all stages of life. So that's awesome. And now how many students in total are you currently serving at your facility? We have about 170 students. Okay. And is that basically at maximum capacity for you right now? Or are you looking to add to that membership? And we're always looking to add, you know, as, as you know, there's always that back door. So people are always going out the back door. People coming in the front. Uh, if I could find a way to shut that thing, it'd be great. We'd be, <laughs> we, we have, uh, we just did this marketing group thing and they have like, uh, they did this boost out for our emails. And they said that they had over 700 leads within our, just at this academy. And I'm just like, really? So I've, I've touched base with 700 people and I've either had them come in and try, or those are people that have left and, and uh, trying to get them to come back, you know, for whatever right. reason. It's like crazy. So yeah, uh, if I could get, you know, to where I have, we break it down obviously 170 students break that down to about 120 some memberships. So when you're looking at it financial wise, sometimes some memberships have four, you know, it's a family of four or three that equates to one membership, which is one membership fee that's coming in to pay your bills. Okay. And is that something that is, um, kind of laid out by the franchise or do you have the ability to adjust that as, the owner we can adjust it i mean obviously we want to grow to get as many memberships as possible so you know i'd like to have maintain around 150 memberships so if you could get over 200 students or more you know obviously the greater it gets the more you can go and, and expand and with the way the the way we do our class structure now and as many we offer about five classes every day and every day of okay. the week so mm -hmm there's plenty of range for everybody to get class time in. And, and then obviously with the offsite training, you know, people can jump in at home. I can have 18 in here and 18 in at home training all at the same time. So. Right. Yeah. That allows you to serve even more people than you would, you know, initially before COVID happened. Cause that probably wasn't really something that was on your radar beforehand. No. It was on corporate's radar, but it wasn't like on ours generally. You right. Know, they, they weren't thinking about it until they shut us down and then it just amplified it. Exactly. Yeah. So now as far as membership growth goes, and you mentioned marketing a little bit, but what does your marketing look like? Are you doing paid advertising through Facebook, Instagram, Google, things of that nature? Are you more referral and word of mouth based? How are new people learning about you and coming in the door? Uh, both. We do. We have a marketing group that um, our corporate 
recommended us to use. I think it's Karate Martial. I don't know. Anyway, mm -hmm. uh, Chris Lovett, he, he puts out, he has his team in Georgia, and they, uh, they've been serving quite a few of our martial arts academy, Tiger Rock Academies. And they just, they do all the work. They send out the, they do the advertisement through Facebook, um, Instagram. They take care of the lead. Once the lead comes in, I get notified. He, he notified, they do all the, all the paperwork. It's my job. Once they get the appointment sent, they come in to the appointment. Then obviously it's my job to, to get them to join. Right. Um, and then obviously word of mouth. I mean, that's probably the best marketing mm -hmm. that you can have. So a lot of our students tell other students, so we get a little bit of both, both range, word of mouth, and then that, that marketing group. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely nice to have multiple poles in the water at all times as far as marketing goes, because sometimes if one dips, you know, you have the other to rely on. A lot of facilities rely only on word of mouth and referrals, but those aren't things that are really a constant, you know, you can't really rely on them, nor can you track them. So right. sometimes it's hard to predict on a monthly basis what growth is going to look like if you can't track it. Whereas if you do have one aspect of your marketing that is trackable, then you can kind of uh, plan how many, how much money you want to spend on that, how many memberships that's going to turn into, et cetera. So definitely good to have multiple avenues to get people in the door at all times. Absolutely. So when somebody does come in the door what does your kind of sales process i know facility owners hate the word sales a lot of the times because they don't want to think of it like that but at the end of the day it is a business and it is a necessary component so what does your sales process look like when somebody comes in the door shows interest in the facility uh, when they come in we want them to obviously when they they come in and they see the facility and the way we have it laid out, something's gonna be happening here. They see that there's gonna be action yes. inside this gym. They know, you know, in some areas it's just wide open, nothing there, and it's empty. And they don't wanna see that. They wanna come in and see that there's gonna be something that's happening. So the way we have it laid out is that way. So when they walk through the door, you know, we greet them. More than likely it's gonna be with the kid. You know their name knowing their name is super important. So yes. having that time, know the person, mom's name, dad's name, Johnny. Hey, Johnny, and you're directing everything to Johnny. Get him set up. You know, we do, uh, we do mat socks and they get a little trial uniform, uh, get the waivers and stuff signed, get that out of the way. He comes in, get him comfortable with the rest of the group, start getting exercise. Once they if you do an agility course or some kind of exercises right off the bat, get them going, keep calling their name. I think that's the super most important part is, is knowing that name. Cause yes. you know, to mom and dad, they gave them that name. So it's super important. Right. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. So um, I think what you do on the mat or uh, how you do your, how your classes run the structure, uh, there's certain expectations that they believe when they come in on what they think is going to happen. And when you transform their vision of what, how we do and what we do uh, as far as a martial arts Academy to, you know, giving them the exercise that they want, but also giving them the discipline and focus that they need at the same time. Right. All that stuff that's happening on the mat is basically the training tool. Yes. You do your job. If I'm doing my job correctly on the mat, they're going to sign up 
that day, if not that day, it's going to be the next day. So, you know, that three-day trial deal that we use, uh, they, they generally know. Awesome. So now with that three-day trial, if they sign up, is there any incentive for them to sign up on that first day? Absolutely. Yeah. We'll give them discounts, you know, yeah. 75% next day, 50%. Third day, 25%, you know, mm -hmm. uh, if they wait a week and they come in, depending on the situation, you know, we'll give them a, the discount. We'll take the, if, it, if they did a paid three-day, you know, three-day trial is $39, um, we'll take that $39 off of their enrollment fee. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's always nice to get people signed up on day one, you know, for Absolutely. multiple reasons. You want to get them committed to the program. And then from a business standpoint, from an owner standpoint, you don't have to necessarily keep track of all of those trials and where they're at and converting them. If most people are just signing up on the first day, it's, it's easier that way. And you can get them rolling in their membership and start providing them with the service, the sooner, the better. Absolutely. Uh, I, you know, I, we generally, we do like a, a one week or a two week, we'll throw some of them out there too. Mm -hmm. And we'll give them that time. Obviously we're constantly trying to sell. Um, but I want them to know that this is a lifelong journey. So they come in expecting, I just want to do something for the summer or, you know, in between sports and then quit. That's not really what our general martial arts is. We want you to be here at least to get your black belt. You know, right. and then hopefully mm -hmm. once you get that black belt, you're going to carry that journey on to your master and senior master, stuff like that as you go forth. But you, giving them a week, giving them the three days is great so that they have an idea of what they're getting used to. They can answer or get all their answer, their questions answered. Mm -hmm. You know, first day they come in, most people don't even know what. All I know is that my kid is like off the wall and, I, you know, somebody said this is going to be great for yeah. You know, or, or my kid's super shy and uh, we just want him to be able to get out of their, their comfort zone a little bit more, start getting more social action or, you know, they're going to be starting school and all these things. And it's just crazy what different realms of what people want when they come in. So, you know, obviously, yes, I do want them to start and join that first day, but at the same time, I'd also like to see them take advantage of that trial period Mm -hmm. make sure that it's a great for great fit for themselves and for us, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. So now this time of year is really big for looking at the new year in front of us, setting goals, planning. So what are your main focuses within the business for 2022? What are you looking to accomplish or achieve in 2022? Growth. Yeah. <laughs> Keep growing. Um, trying to maintain the security level with so that customers know that it's a clean, safe environment. They can come in and train safely, knowing that we do everything that we, we need to, to keep the facility clean for them. Um, just keeping that going. I mean, obviously I want to be able to transform people's lives and do the things that to help them get better and the things that they want to do. So all around, I'd say that's probably the biggest thing. Just just keep the growth going and and expanding the offsite training, getting them for those that don't have the time to just break away real quick. They can jump on, you know. I mean, I think that's where a lot of 
things are going. I mean, you've probably seen it yourself within being a gym owner. A lot of people want to just jump on something at home, watch a video or, or get some kind of personal training right. from the home aspect. Mm -hmm. And then you still have that large general population that, that want that in, in Academy or in the gym type thing, you know, mm -hmm. to have right. somebody correct in some of their forms. So I think being able to expand both areas with that growth is going to be really where we want to go. Yeah, absolutely. And that doesn't limit you as far as zip codes go either. You know, you can no. train people from anywhere and taking, taking that route. So that's uh, certainly helpful as far as growth goes. So now one thing that I always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is uh, if you could provide a piece of advice for somebody who is considering doing their own thing, starting their own business, open, opening their own facility, what would that be? Uh, don't be afraid. You got to take and take that step. You got to get out there. If you have a passion for it and, and it's something that you think is going to be beneficial for somebody else and, and it, it's there, you got to jump in. Mm -hmm. You got to go all in, all the way. Um, it's going to be ups and downs. You're going to have roller coaster ride. It's going to be scary and get somebody to back, have somebody. Um, not necessarily that you can constantly lean on, but you can put the ladder there, mm -hmm. you know, that tree of knowledge, have that ladder, somebody that can support you, somebody that you can talk to about that struggle that you're going through. Mm -hmm. You definitely need that. Um, and as somebody that's been down that road. So uh, definitely just dive in, know where you're going ahead of time, knowing that it's going to be a financial roller coaster. Um, and then just kind of pay attention to nowadays <laughs> with COVID and try to stay ahead of what's going on. If, if there's requirements and stuff that we need, we need to make sure that you are aware of whatever policies and procedures that need to be happening so that your customers and whatever it's going to be feel safe and know that they can be comfortable coming to yes. your place. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Not not being afraid to take that initial first step and, and jump in and do what it is that you want to do. A lot of times that does hold people back, especially in the beginning. And a lot of times people never take that, take the, the chance to make it happen. And they never really achieve what they want to just because of that initial fear. So that's absolutely. A, definitely a great piece of advice there. All right, perfect. So now as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Uh, we're at TigerRockSC.com, um, Tiger Rock Martial Arts of Sioux City on Facebook. Instagram is TigerRockSC. Uh, Twitter's a TigerRockSC. Uh, I think there's a YouTube, but I don't use it a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, perfect. So Jamie from Tiger Rock Sioux City in Sioux City, Iowa. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been great having you on the show. Brianna, thanks for having me. Of course. And to all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, 
Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to fitness pros who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guests, Stephen Elliott, excuse me, and Rachel Smith, uh, Rachel, general manager of the Leeds, Alabama location of Workout Anytime. And Stephen is a multi-unit franchisee in the company. How are you two doing today? Good. How are you? I am, I'm fantastic. Like I said, off air, this is the best part of my day of all the things I do. Um, talking to other, other people in the, in the industry, my favorite. So let's hop into it. Whoever wants to go first, just tell us about you, your role, uh, what you play in the business, and we'll go from there. All right. Well, I guess I'll kick it off. So Stephen Elliott, uh, so I own five units currently, uh, actually got into the fitness industry work on any time specifically back in 2011 opened about 10 clubs but i've sold a few along the way but then also i'm the air developer for uh, alabama so if any franchisees want to open alabama i kind of help show them the ropes um, along with rachel uh, who's also my general manager for my leeds alabama location a little bit of background i do have health and fitness my whole life i was actually a physical therapist um, i technically still am a physical therapist but i just don't really practice as much uh, but yeah, so that's kind of my quick background, Rachel. Um, yeah, so I am the general manager at a Leeds location. I've actually been on staff with Leeds since 2018. I first started as a front desk sales associate, actually. And then um, I was in college uh, getting my business degree. And then right before I graduated, you know, Stephen offered me the GM role, also an area developer role and a social media management role for five clubs. So um, it definitely worked out. I've been here. I met my husband here. He works for Workout Anytime. So uh, definitely this company's impacted our lives pretty big. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Always, always a nice uh, gym related romances seem to, to you know, it's, it's, it's a big, um, it's a big driving point for people. You know, if you share that in common, you know, it's not, it doesn't have to be the same gym, but a, a love of some sort of health and wellness. It's, it really can form some very strong bonds. So super cool to hear that. Um, I want to talk a little bit first, Stephen. Um, 2011 was when you got into workout anytime. There are tons of options in the industry what drew you specifically to work out anytime? Um, and has that been the same thing that's kept you with them for, you know, going on 11 years now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So back then, I mean, the, the value model was pretty new as far as the low cost uh, monthly gym membership. So we were 15 a month. Um, we've gone up a little bit. So it's 19 a month now for the, for the basic, but uh, and then a smaller, you know, footprint. So the first gyms I did were about 6,000 square feet. Now, again, that's increased over time. Uh, so like I've always said, like price per square foot as a owner and as a, you know, gym member, I just think it's a, a really good model. 
um, there's not a lot of wasted space in the gym for things, you know, like a climbing wall or a, a pool that, yes, I mean, some people like it, but it's so far and few between that people actually use that stuff. So our, you know, model is trying to make sure the stuff that's in the gym is what most people want and use. And then we've, I've stayed with them because, you know, it's for one, it's been profitable. <laughs> uh, it's, it's fun. And I've always, like I said, I've always been health and fitness. So I, I don't think I'll ever get out of this, you know, arena. Uh, and the franchise has been able to adapt as times have changed. I mean, 10 years is a long, is <laughs> a lot of things have changed. All right. And now I'm going to, I'm going to flip kind of same question for you, Rachel, but it, I'm going to, I'm going to throw a little uh, curve in here. So when you came in, you started as, as a desk associate, you stuck through it through college, you know, there, there has to be twofold for you for being, you know, you know, four years in now there's the brand, there's the specific gym, there's the company, but then there's also Steven. So how much for you has been, and, uh, you know, clearly if you've lasted this long, I'm going to think that things have been mostly good. Not everything is always roses and puppies, but how much of it for you has been opportunities with the company, uh, the brand culture, and how much of it has it been the things that, you know, you've gotten from as far as mentorship and leadership from Steven? Man. Um, so when I first started, um, I guess where the gym was at the time, we had a manager manager that was just leaving. So Steven was kind of, you know, filling the management role. So I don't know about anyone else, but when you hear a man or an owner is going to be your manager and your first, uh, point of contact with anything, that's kind of scary. So at first we're all scared of Steven. <laughs> because we're like oh no the owner is going to manage us but you know his his like um I guess his take on management and you know how he was with us is really like the leadership skills were a huge thing and um you know taking opportunities so uh one thing that sticks out to me was I wanted to do social media it was you know I liked it just as a passion myself and, you know, I saw the gym needed a little help with it. So I just asked him, I was like, hey, do you mind if I do social media? And I'm sure on his end, he's like, I don't really know this girl, but okay, sure. You know, if you want to. And then it kind of took off from there. And uh, so I think really just um, giving us opportunities and always trying to like push us and um, giving us roles that we never thought we'd be in, like, Four years ago, if you would have told me I would be the lead gym manager, I would have probably laughed at you because I just didn't think that would, I don't know, I just didn't think that would happen. So I think him as an owner and even a manager, him placing the staff in positions to where they have room to grow, it, it helps and it's helped our retention. I mean, we have a trainer that's been here since we've opened. Um, we've had staff that's been here for, since I've been here three years, two years. I mean, like the retention's very low here. I mean, it's people stay because they love it. And I mean, it wouldn't be like that if one, the culture and the leadership wasn't set in place. So I hope that helps. 
Sure does. Sure does. Culture, leadership, fostering good environments. I mean, you can if you look at any business that has low employee churn, it's all it's always one or two things. Either they don't have many employees, or it's a real good place to work. So um yeah, that speaks volumes in and of itself. So I, I love when you know the question kind of dives off to the side and it's like, well, also by the way, we have really low turnover. So um, Stephen, I, I want to um, at least first pick your brain. 2011, when you when you got into the business, did you come from a different industry entirely? Like, what were you doing uh, to the extent that we can talk about on the podcast and in our scope before you got into you know your first workout anytime? Yeah. Well, one point going back to what Rachel was saying, it might help you know other business owners, managers. Uh, and, and I'm sure you've heard it before. You, know, you have good people. Um, you keep them. So like when Rachel was graduating, I knew she would, you know, you, even though she was only front desk and everyone's important. So I'm not, you know, saying anything like that, but just she's front desk. But I was like, I want to keep this, you know, keep her. So I just set her down with like, when you graduate, how much money are you want to make? She told me and I'm like, all right, I'll pay you that much. Just stay here and I'll figure out what role would put you in, which worked out well. Cause I was kind of like, I need to probably step back from doing as much management and then put her in. She's done great. Um, so 2011, I was doing full-time physical therapy, uh, in Tennessee. So actually my first locations were in Tennessee. And then I moved to Alabama just cause there was a lot of opportunity for these type gyms in Alabama. But yeah, so full-time physical therapy it, after, a, I guess it was the third club. Pretty much opened a club every year so 2011 2012 and then by 2013 i was pretty much extremely part-time kind of like a prn just helping friends at their pt clinics as needed so okay perfect and you you led right into where i wanted to go with this so i appreciate that little tidbit so it it was something where you were in a, a sort you know a health and wellness related career you you looked at this, you had an, an investment opportunity. And at first it looks to most people, and, and I want to see what your experience was. It looks like it's an investment opportunity. It's a gym. You own this thing, you put people in place and, and then it, then it goes, especially in a model where there is a lot of ability for clients to be self-service and we can get into your other offerings too. But for you, um, and I think it's really relevant having Rachel on the call, how much did it look like staff development, management, leadership opportunities when you first got into it? And how did that progress for you? Like the, the realization from like, I'm owning a business to, oh, I'm bringing people through stages of their lives, their livelihoods, and have the ability to provide a growth path and, and nurture different things. And now that you're an area developer, it's it's kind of snowballed even more. How much of that was an expectation for you? And, and how much was kind of just like, whoa, this is happening. And, and I really enjoy it. And I want to take the ball and run with it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, I didn't quite know what to expect. You know, when you do the first one, it was the first business that I, you know, I owned the whole business, you know, in, in physical therapy, I was able to, the company I worked for did allow you to buy like 10%. But mm -hmm. I wasn't really an owner. It was more of just like 10% profit sharing. 
Um, this was true ownership, you know. Uh, yes, it's a franchise, and, but and you have to follow the rules. But as far as your day to day and hiring people and training them and all that good stuff, I mean, it's on you. Uh, I did get very fortunate. First manager I hired for the Cleveland, Tennessee location uh, actually now owns the gym. Uh, I sold it to him. Um, he was he was really good. So um, that made my life a little easier. But, you know, after you open a few, you just realize a lot of times people think, well, they'll sell a business as an absentee owner. And I don't think any, honestly, any business, you can totally be an absentee owner or it won't do as well as it can or should or it'll just fail. So after having multiple locations, I mean, even though I had good managers, it's just, I realized if I'm really gonna have these do as good as they can and really like, you know, invest in the managers and make sure they're getting the help they need. Like I need more time to, you know, be a semi-absentee owner, say. <laughs> so that's when I kind of started backing out of PT, but you know, it's just, uh, I would definitely say I got some good managers early on that probably allowed me to stay in PT a little bit longer, which again, as people who are first getting into franchising or a business, sometimes they'll just, and it can work. You dive in hundred percent and that's all you do. Uh, but you better have a good savings <laughs> if, if you do that, because it helps to have like a little bit of side income to help, you know, fun things as you grow your business. So I did, you know, it, I think it was good to stay in. So it all worked out. Yeah. So I think definitely having, as you said, you know, having an income stream, having a job that you could feed money into your businesses with gives you that ability to operate from a position of, of abundance versus scarcity. And then you right. layer on, you know, there, the two things that happen. One, it's just good to have good managers, but you also very quickly got to experience, oh, this is what having a good manager looks like. So you had a good template that you could duplicate. If you would have not had that early on, all you know is, hey, this isn't working out. I'm going to go through X amount of iterations to figure out what my ideal manager looks like. So a little bit of fortune there. I mean, you can't necessarily just wave a magic wand and and have the right people fall into your lap and recognition on your part of what that were to look like. Those two things really fed into the, the journey going where it's gone. I want to touch on that a little bit. I'm, I mean, Please. I've seen some owners who are absentee owners and their club staff sometimes can just be lost. And when you see an owner that is fully involved and then not only the staff see the owner, but then the members see the owner. I, I mean, I don't care anybody, any person that's a member of the gym, they wanna, they wanna know, for some reason, they just wanna know who the owner is. They wanna know who owns the business out of curiosity, but also they wanna know, do they actually care about the business or are they just here to collect my money, you know? And so I think a big thing um, with Steven as well, him being, um, you know, more involved as an owner, our members appreciate it. Um, our staff appreciates it because, you know, they feel like they've got something to work for and someone to work for. So 
like I said, the difference between absentee owners in gyms and then hands-on owners, it's huge. I mean, the gym will succeed so much more as if you're a little more hands-on and um, it shows, so. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Rachel, I wanna stick with you for a minute here. As far as, you know, this going from a job you had in college to an opportunity to, you know, run your own location, there are a lot of companies where it's like, hey, if you stick around, you work hard, you can get advancement, there's, you know, upward mobility and all that stuff. But seeing it actually happen, you know, through Steven, seeing what his journey was, seeing how he's had multiple locations and some of his managers, I don't know how many, Steven, maybe we can touch on that, how many of the managers or employees have become owners. It's really right there in front of you. So was there a point for you where there was, you know, you're like, oh, this, you realize that this is very inspirational and motivating to where like, I can actually see this happening. It's not to just that someone says it could happen. I've seen it. I know it works. This gives me something to shoot for. And, and how has that affected you in, in your journey? So before I graduated, I actually told myself I would never own a gym. <laughs> And so I actually interned with Steven uh, the summer before I graduated and um, I interned with him as an area developer. So we actually were opening a new club in Pell City. It's not under Steven's ownership, but as area developers, you want, you always help like the franchisees, whatever you, uh, whatever they need. And this particular owner, he had never owned a workout anytime. And so um, we, you know, I came in, um, I helped him with some B2B marketing, um, just kind of seeing all the operations. And it was during his pre-sales. And like I said, I'd been in that location for the whole week, seeing all everything that was happening. I was helping him a lot. And that's when it clicked for me that, wait, I'm helping an owner own a gym and I kind of know what I'm doing. And I thought I could probably do this one day. And um, I talked with, he was my, oh, he wasn't my fiance just yet, but I talked to him about it. And um, I said, I was shocked at how much I just knew and how it flowed and how confident I was in that role. And I said, I could see myself doing this. He said, I could see you doing that. So it's funny, you don't know what you're capable of doing until you actually put yourself in the position and then it just kind of goes from there. So definitely confidence and uh, like I said, leadership from Steven to even do it and give me the opportunity to do it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So I wanna bring you both in on this one and, and you can add as much of it as you want to. It's kind of a two-parter. As far as operations, uh, uniqueness in marketplace, um, and then, then differentiators for you, what do you two feel like workout anytime as a model excels at and then what do you both feel that you bring to it as far as individualization customization skill sets thing like that 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 help you in the the workout anytime model um i will go ahead and say i think a huge difference with workout anytime and other um gems is just the, the culture for one, but it's a gym for everyone. And no matter where you're at in your fitness journey, 
I mean, I, I literally have 90 year old members here. I have members here that are doubling amputees. I have members that are, that have walkers. I have members that are power lifters, bodybuilders, everyone in their, um, their step of life goes to this gym. And that, I feel like that says a lot about workout anytime, you know, um, we don't say we're a particular gym for particular people and that's fine if that's your gym. But I think what sets us apart and what people notice is that we truly are for everyone in our staff. Um, they, it, they make it feel like home sometimes. Just the other night I was talking to a, one of my staff members and she said she was speaking to a member and uh, it was two staff members. And the member says, y'all are just so nice. I mean, I'm talking to you about life and everything else that you don't have to listen to. And we're having a full conversation. And I'm just saying after work and dealing with people all day, it's just nice to talk to someone that doesn't really know me. I don't really know them, but they're hearing me, you know? And so for that kind of culture to come out of a gym, I think is huge. And I really feel like that's where workout anytime comes in and they've just set that, that, uh, culture standard. So. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree with everything she said. Yeah. The gym for everyone. I think we all kind of say that one. It is, you know, we, I, I really, really believe we are. I know some people may say they are, but it's, it's not the full spectrum that we get. I mean, cause we do have, like she said, I mean, from, you know, cause we have silver sneakers and all those things. So we get a lot of, you know, some older population, but then we have, you know, you're just really in shape, you know, bodybuilder, power lifter. Um, and we have the equipment for the, the spectrum of people. Um, other, other thing I always kind of say is it's some, it's, it's just small enough. It's, it's big enough to have everything you need, but small enough to have that kind of hometown feel, which kind of goes with what she was saying about the staff talking and stuff. And two, even just as an owner or manager, you know, we encourage the staff to visit with people. I mean, it, that's part of your job is, you know, just to talk to the members. Uh, it, it's not, you know, I talked about anything specific, but just talk to them uh, as opposed to just sitting behind the desk, twiddling your thumb or playing on your cell phone. Uh, yeah. uh, as an owner, because it's, you know, or an area developer, when you ask these questions, it's like you think about it as like, you know, uh, managing the gym, but I always can think about it as an owner. It's kind of what I said earlier, as far as price per square foot, I think work any times different just because again, it's big enough to have everything you need, but then it's not, you know, as expensive to start as maybe some of the bigger gyms that are out there, you know, and, and like when I opened my first one, I, I don't think I could have afforded to open a 20,000 square foot uh, gym. Whereas with this being uh, six and now you know, we just upgraded leads and moved it to a, a bigger spot. It's, you know, 12,000 square feet, but that'd be the, for work at any time, 12,000 is a bigger footprint. Got it. Got it. So I think it's something where we all have felt that anybody who's spent any time in the fitness industry, gone to different clubs, especially, um, you know, there, sometimes there's an expectation with the franchise that, it's going to be like McDonald's where the food's going to taste the same everywhere. Everything is going to be very similar, but in workout facilities, you can have 
you know, different places that feel so entirely different. And you either get this almost immediate positive feeling or you don't. And for you guys doing area development, you've had, you've had success in your own clubs and now you've seen other clubs open up. Um, what do you think the things are that differentiate that are measures of success in this, this immediate good feeling and um, probably even your abil uh, ability to predict what you think a, a new club's trajectory looks like. And I, I, I don't want to talk about the, the, you know, the bad things, the things that people could do. I want, what are the things that you see that are biggest indicators of success in your own, in your own locations? Because I'm sure you have some that are more successful than others and always working on things. You don't seem like a guy that just like, sure, we'll just, just let it roll. Right. So in that, like, where do you see that and how do you apply it in both directions? Like, these are the things that are markers of success and indicators in our clubs and in other clubs. And, and how do you work that in? I've heard Steven yeah. say multiple times as well, like when you're first opening a club, if you have a successful pre-sell, then you're going to do well. So, I mean, I guess Steven, I'd touch on the pre-sell part. I mean, any club, and you've said it too, any club that you've had that's had a good pre-sell, they've done well. Um, so I guess it's like setting the standard and, um, because, you know, staff is a huge role once we get opened. That was the next thing, but the pre-sell is huge. Yeah, when I when I have new franchisees, especially, you know, most people do have a job. Um, but and, and a lot of them do keep their job. Uh, maybe they're going part time or um, or whatever. But anyway, uh, I, I make sure to reiterate to them what Rachel's saying, like pre-sales is huge. So like if you're going to maybe take some time off from work or you're going to just kind of in your mind have a game plan of, okay, this is when I need to be like super focused. It's actually before you open. <laughs> it is pre-sales because if you can have a good pre-sale, then the day you open, you've already got a good foundation. You've got, you know, hundreds of people coming in. They see the club. It's nice and clean and new and shiny. And they go tell all their friends then you immediately have all these referrals coming in, but you open with, you know, 200 people and that's, that's just, you're fighting like, you know, from day one. So, in, you know, I always tell them, you know, you want to be able to sleep good that after that first day you open and not be like, Oh crap. Like we, we, we're going to, we got to fight for the next several months to get enough members to where at least we're paying the bills. Uh, but positive attitude as far as just, you said, you know, when you walk in a club, how do you know, like, okay, this is going to be a successful club. You can kind of tell when you walk in and just start talking to the staff, if they're zoned out and just kind of, you can tell they're going through the motions. They're not really, they're, they're there just for a paycheck. You know, you can feel that. And that is something that, you know, in a gym, environment is supposed to be positive it's supposed to be you know it's a place to de-stress and you know take care of your health and just a positive place so if you don't have that positive you know person at the front desk it's just you know that is a you know disaster for or 
could be a problem. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, when members come in, the first thing, um, our model is, um, you know, they get a tour from a staff member and that tour, um, it's scripted in a way, but we always tell staff, you know, make it your own too. obviously cater to the, uh, work county time model, but put your personality on it and make it an experience. So when people come in and we're showing them the amenities, we're showing them because not, not just because they're interested, but we're excited to show them, you know, look at what we've got. We love this gym. We really think that this place is for you because we know it is. Um, and just so coming from that place of the first time when you walk in that positive attitude, like he was just saying, that's got to happen with your staff. So um, definitely having the staff members that love the gym and want to be there and we've actually gotten some of our best staff as members they were members of the gym they love the gym they love the fitness industry and they were interested in working and because of their love for the gym already they care for it better they clean better they work better they want the gym to succeed and that's that's where when you hit gold with your staff yeah absolutely and i think staff ties in uh, to the pre-sale, right? To whoever's whoever's doing that. That I did want to ask: Are there any other things that you think factor in to having a successful pre-sale? Is it is it promotions based? Is it you know availability? Are there any things that you think contribute to the more successful pre-sales that you've seen? Yeah, I mean, the, like I was saying earlier, as far as the owner does need to be as involved as possible and be helping as much as possible during uh, pre-sale. If not though, the manager just needs to have that expectation of this is not just gonna be in, I'm gonna sit at the pre-sale booth from you know nine to four or something like that and then I'm going home. Uh, you really want to get out in the community and do that, you know, whatever you wanna call it, B2B or guerrilla marketing. Uh, you know, you can buy little postcard fire flyers I mean, you can buy, you know, 5,000 of those things for a few hundred bucks and you can get so much value out of that, but it takes time because you got to walk around and, you know, hand those out uh, and just introduce yourself. If you, if the owner can, I think it's better because it's, Hey, I'm the owner, you know, and, and introducing yourself to the other business people in town and, or managers and just handing them the, you know, postcards. If you can put these out on your counter, great. If you can't, I totally get it. You know, if you don't mind, just put them in your break room, uh, but we're opening in the new gym. If not, the manager can do it and that's fine too. But yeah, I mean, just, I do think just getting out and pounding the pavement has great value. Yes, you got to do some advertising, you know, uh, direct mail or radio. And of course, nowadays, online like social media you just you know you have to <laughs> but i you can't just sit back and just do that i do think you got to get out and show your face um i think too like you said getting out in the community um if you're new to the community get involved with the chamber um the chamber is involved in everything they're obviously involved with the community community events but they're also involved with the city and um, a lot of, you know, I'm on our chamber now and I've met a lot of business owners. I've met a lot of people. 
Um, like I said, I told you, I met my husband through workout anytime. Well, he was a fireman at our gym, uh, not at our gym, but for our city, he still is. And because of our relationship that we already had with the fire department, um, as they were all members at our gym, we were able to, through even chamber meetings, meet with city officials and, um, police chiefs. And we were able to, you know, get involved with them a little bit more, show our appreciation to them. And in that they loved our gym, respected our, respected us as owners and, um, our staff, and they decided to become members as well. So we were able to get a huge group deal with the city. So that's huge. And that's just forming relationships um, and trust and being involved in the community and giving back too. So that's huge, getting with your chamber in the beginning um, with your pre-sale as well. Yeah, so really what it, what it sounds like to me is all of these things that you can see that are key indicators of who's gonna have a, a successful pre-sale, the amount of effort, the attitude, the people involved, are really gonna be the same things that carry over to once they're open, whether their pre-sale was gangbusters or not, the things that are gonna keep them in the game for as long as they wanna be in it. It's just, when do you start, you know, when do you flip the switch in, in, a, in, in a, a, a workout anytime or similar model, something like that, the real work has to start quite a bit further in order to get yourself that that leg up that running start oh yeah perfect yeah. perfect so yeah typically for us like i tell owners like six to eight weeks before you open you know like once you know you're because construction can take longer than that you don't need to start necessarily pre-sales you know four months before you open but for sure like the six to eight weeks before you open you really need to be starting to you know, put in that time and effort. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like a, a couple months is that, is that window. And you took the words out of my mouth there with construction is, uh, boy, that's, that's about as much of a, of a gamble and a risk sometimes and uncertainty as like going to Vegas. I feel like sometimes it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it always costs more and takes, takes longer, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Especially over the last couple of years, it's right. been really bad, but <laughs> Sure. So last thing that I want to hit, I want to make it really specific to, to both of you in, in the company as a whole, in the, you know, the five locations that you have, and then specifically for you, Rachel, in Leeds, we're at the beginning of a new year. Most companies set out with, with goals, with, um, you know, with some type of projections or projects for the year. So what does that look like for Leeds? And then what does it look like for the, the company on a whole? You want me to go Perfect. first? <laughs> okay, so for leads with our um, our newest, we just went through a growth stage and uh, we re reopened in November. We doubled our size, so growth is pretty big for us too. But also um, keeping our members. Um, you know, it's been a hard two years. So especially the gym industry got hit hard the most. But I won't even go into that. Um, like I said, goals, growth, um, keeping our members, getting our members back. I think um, not even with just, you know, the pandemic, but even beforehand, I know some people, they wanted 
you know, because we're the only gym in the city. Mm-hmm. So they wanted something a little different. They wanted more room and things like that. So getting the word out that, hey, we're bigger, we're better, come on in. We're the same workout anytime that you used to love, just bigger, and we can accommodate more of your needs, you know. Um, but also my goal for this gym too is to do more um, events in the community that's going to uh, benefit, you know, everyone as well. Every year we always do a 9-11 stair climb challenge. Um, any gym owner, I think that you should definitely participate in this. It's huge. Um, it's a great way to get community um, and um, city on board. So we raised money for our fire department, police department. Um, and then two years ago, we raised over $1,000 like each year for them. And I mean, everyone getting together for the same cause is great. So um yeah, growth, community involvement, um, and just making sure that we're keeping the same culture that we've we started with. Yeah, so like uh, continuing with like just lead specifically with the move, now we have a classroom because of course that was something we did not have in the old space. Um, we would do some group training, but you had to do it in the gym area and members you know, that they just, they wanted a classroom. So as we've moved, like she said, trying to get the word out, like the people who did cancel because, you know, they, we didn't quite have everything they wanted. Um, now we do. Um, so getting that part of the gym rolling, uh, we found some good instructors. I think they'll be great. So now it's just getting the word out that we are now offering classes uh, over the next few months. Uh, big picture, you know, all the clubs. Um, I, re- I don't, want to misquote anybody but you know we do a weekly call with like work at any time uh and there was some i think it was one of like the you know magazines in the fitness industry that put this out but it's something about how this year they did expect one of the best first quarters in history because of the fact that like you know we're kind of getting through everything uh like last you know 2021 first quarter was not normal like normally first quarter for a gym is the best (laughs) and you you know you really get some growth and last year was a definitely not typical so this year I I guess they're expecting a rebound and and I would say it's it's looked pretty good so far um but yes in January the first quarter as a gym owner you you really want to make sure you're everything's working well you're getting your referrals uh from all the people that are coming in uh, you know, retaining as many people as possible. You will, you know, you get the kind of complaints here and there about, oh, it's so crowded and educating people like <laughs> it's January, like, yeah. you know, <laughs> wait till end of February and it won't, you know, it just, it won't be as crowded. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, with leads, that's where just doubling the space has made, you know, a world of difference. It just, it's nice. Um So, yeah, it's, you know, we hope to break the 2020 first quarter numbers this year for, you know, all of our clubs. Mm. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we are just about out of time here. Uh, Before we let you go, last question is going to be a little more philosophical, I'd say, than tactical. But um, you've both got different experiences, different time in the industry, different things to share. So, 
if you could pick something that you'd, you'd like to tell your younger self that you wish you knew a little bit sooner, uh, they think you would, would have served you well, and, and maybe your audience might need or want to hear, maybe they don't want to hear it, but they need to. Uh, anything that stands out, anything that you, you'd like to share? Um, I would say, you know, like I said earlier, when I was, I didn't think I'd ever own a gym because I just didn't think I could do it. Um, when you think that you want to do something and, you know, there is an opportunity, just do it, go all in, don't hold back. Um, and don't be scared to, you know, give advice and teach other people. Um, because, you know, you have this knowledge for a reason and it's been given to you for a reason, use it and then be confident that, um, what you're learning is going to help someone else. And then always, always be open to feedback and remember that feedback. <laughs> um, so, and trust, trust your owners. So, <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I would say, um, you know, trust your gut. And, you know, like she said, once you go for something, once you decide to do it, then, you know, put your all into it. Uh, you know, every decision I've ever made for the last, you know, whatever, 15 years or so since being out of physical therapy school, I guess, uh, hasn't been perfect. So sometimes making decisions a little bit slower and trying to do as you know much research as you can. So then, then even say when you do make the decision, uh, you're prepared as much as possible. I think sometimes, I mean, I made it work because it just busts my butt, but like, I think sometimes it could have been easier if I had more research up front, a little better plan, and then uh, I wouldn't have to work as hard. So honestly, one of the things I tell a lot of just, you know, younger people that I work with, or I'm sure Rachel's heard me say it, but like, you know, work, work smarter, not harder. Uh, so I do like yeah. that phrase. And I think it's, I'm, you know, I get better at it as I get older. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Popular phrase for a reason. All right, you two, we are officially out of time. Time for us to let you go, but I do appreciate you being here with us today. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Yeah, thank you. Nice thank talking. You. You're very welcome. And to everyone out there listening, as always, we appreciate you. We wouldn't be here without you. We hope you found value in this episode. And if you'd like to hear more, hit the subscribe button. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking butt. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Jim Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders.
What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and we are here with a tremendously exciting guest. We have Amalia Napo from, from Winston-Salem, North Carolina with Tinderbox Fitness. Amalia, what is going on this morning? How are you today? I am wonderful. Thank you so much. I hope the same for you. Absolutely. We're excited to have you here. There's a lot to dive into and we'll go kind of piece by piece with this business. But first things first, tell us, if I were to simply ask you, Amalia, what is Tinderbox Fitness? How do you explain this to people? Okay. Tinderbox Fitness is um, a woman's fitness facility that provides fitness and overall health and wellness. We primarily focus on group fitness classes. We do have equipment and we have other services such as personal training as well. Got it. Okay. So a couple of different layers, right? We have an open gym membership. We have classes, we have personal training. We have a couple of other things that are available to people, but before we get too deep into the business side of this, before we go head first, tell us what made you want to get into this business? How did you know that the time was right to pull the trigger and, and take over this business? Well, it starts back when I first became a fitness instructor back in 2011. Um, absolutely just fell in love with uh, fitness overall. And that developed and really was successful for about seven, eight years overall and then the opportunity uh, was presented to be able to take over tinderbox facility um, during covid and i decided to take a leap of faith and jumped right in the leap of faith is right right at the start of covid you decided that you were going to be the captain of the ship you were going to take over and so roughly 18 months later give us an idea how has it been for you so far it has been extremely rewarding. Um, with no doubt, there has been lots of challenges because there has been um, kind of twofold to taking over the business when you look at where it was in previous ownership. And then you also have to accommodate the fact that we were dealing with a pandemic as well. Yeah. But we're excited to say that we are still here. Yes, we are here. And so... We'll absolutely dive in, but I think one of the things that you just said is tremendously important because a lot of gym owners didn't start from scratch, right? They purchased from a previous regime, and so there's always a balancing act when that takes place, right? We have to manage previous members' expectations while keeping in mind that you have a different way of operating. You have new ideas. You have different things that you want to implement. And so how do we navigate those waters, right? With the additional curveball of, like you said, apparently there's a national and international pandemic, right? This has affected everyone, every gym, every business across the planet. And so that just provides another layer on top of you taking over this business. And so, well, with that in mind, talk to us about the business as it exists today, right? We're approaching the beginning of 2022. What does that look like? Give us some kind of 
rapid fire statistics about the business, right? First and foremost, how large is the facility? What are we talking in terms of training space? Okay, so the overall uh, facility itself, we have about 7,000 square feet. Um, of course, we have large restrooms, changing rooms, showers. Um, we also have a back studio. What we considered, we have three studios. We have our main floor, we have a studio, and then we have a back studio. So on the main floor, when you first come in, um, it's, a, it's basically a very large aerobic sized room, um, and you'll have your equipment um, in the same same area so you can be on the floor and looking at people working out on the equipment then we also have doors that lead into our other section which would be the studio the hallway bathrooms and then the back studio wow okay so some separation in the training space allows for different different uses right we have kind of the main floor that you talked about and then additional studios for use beyond that what about membership Right. Tell us first how many people you have and then second what they could expect to pay if they were to join. Okay. So right now we're um, about 350 members. We are continuing to grow. Um, and as far as membership goes, we are pretty simple. Uh, we allow the first visit to be free. After that, we also allow a $7 drop-in for non-members. For membership, it's $32.99 month to month with no contracts and that is unlimited use of all the classes and the equipment. Wow okay and so talk to us about that price point right because of course they get membership they get access to the facility but they also get group classes at no additional charge that is a unique proposition in our space and probably far below what the value of this actually is. People are getting much more value than the cost of their membership. Talk to us about that. Tell us what the, the rationale was when we picked that price point. Okay. Um, the rationale really came from previous owner. Um, she had several different tiers as far as membership pricing. Um, she had options where it came from if you were in a year contract without a contract, equipment use only, classes only, um, and to just avoid some of that confusion, um, I decided to find um, a happy medium, especially when I took all consideration of COVID um, for those who may have lost their jobs, who still need to make that investment in their health. And then, of course, I looked at the local facilities. Um, yes, we are by far the less expensive of any of them for the amount that we offer. We, we offer currently over 40 classes per week. Um, but I found that to be a little bit more flexible, I can show the members that we care about them. So for many of the current members, it was uh, almost a perk to have their membership reduced. And also for those looking to join a facility, it is affordable. Yeah. And so 350 members, right? With the space that you have, is that a number that you could grow? Are you looking to increase that? Yes, absolutely. And that is one of the reasons why I did take over the facility because I am friends with the previous original founder of the facility. Oh. And she had a very large uh, capacity as far as membership in the previous years. And so I believe that um, it can be successful again. 
I got you. Okay, what has it been at before from a membership standpoint? Um, I believe at one point, several years back, it was over a thousand. Oh, okay. So we have a significant amount of potential for growth, right? Absolutely. There were two um, membership, uh, I'm sorry, ownership changes. And so there were different factors that caused um, the drop in the reduction of members, but also with COVID as well. I see. What was what was membership when you took over 18 months ago? That was probably a little in the higher um, four to five hundred range. So yeah, we have I, lost. Okay. So yeah, through the through the pandemic, we lost a little bit. Now that transitions us pretty well. Talk to us about marketing, right? Clearly, we have the potential for growth. We just need to get this service in front of people. How have you? historically, since you took over last April, how have you been able to market the business? What's been your go-to strategy? That's a great question um, because previously marketing was lacking tremendously. And uh, as we all know, marketing is important, but um, I have tried to utilize every dollar that we have because there are lots of ways to market and some things are very expensive when we are, you know, just trying to survive, finding what works is, is the hardest part. Um, but for us, you know, it was uh, redoing our website it was redoing our Facebook pages, our social media pages, also to put out there, you know, to let people know that we, we are still open and um, under new ownership and what to expect. Um, marketing itself, I don't spend a lot of money um, necessarily in ads. I do some Facebook ads, um, some Instagram. Um, I do a local uh, newspaper um, every now and then. I would say it's more of a magazine that we use uh, that specifically mar uh, markets to women. And um, Google, Google is our number one, um, uh, number one go-to where we, we utilize the most resources. Okay, so you have done a significant amount. When we have this conversation with gym owners, typically it goes one of two ways. It's either we utilize paid advertising, we love it, it's generating consistent leads for us, or we've tried paid advertising, it didn't go so well, we don't do it anymore, now we simply focus on the organic side of things, but you're kind of somewhere in the middle there, right? It's, yeah. we are, of course, we're using the organic side of social media, the free side, if you will, that's a perfectly tremendous avenue that most gym owners should take advantage of. You do, invest in some paid advertising, be it through Facebook, be it through Instagram, be it through Google, but you threw in one caveat there and it's, we need to be really, really, really smart about every dollar spent. And I think there's a lot of gym owners that will ultimately listen to this that can resonate with that. Most of the time people don't have five, $10,000 a month in a marketing budget that they can simply try and see what works. And if it doesn't adjust strategy, we need to be really, really efficient and make sure that we're getting a significant ROI for any dollars spent. And so for you, that results in, of course, Facebook, Instagram, Google, but you said Google has been the most fruitful for you so far. Is that right? Yes. Um, and to that point, because we are women specific, 
for me, I also have to really think about where I'm going to market. I can market in many places, but I have to be careful of the audience I'm trying to attract because I am attracting women only. And so a lot um, actually does fall back on social media. There's lots of groups um, in social media. There's lots of mom groups, parents groups, um, and we get involved in a lot of that. So we may not necessarily spend that dollar, but I could spend and invest my time in just sitting down an hour during the day to, to go through some groups. Someone may be looking for a referral. Um, and that's the, that's the next part of, you know, marketing is word of mouth. There is nothing better than word of mouth. And majority of the time, that is a lot of what we hear as well. We have ladies here, once they leave, they go you know, to the supermarket and they just happen to run into someone that may have been here or, you know, just brings it up in a conversation. Um, yeah. And before you know it, we'll have neighbors and friends and family and just people walking off the street. That's, that's a great, great point, Amalia. And when we look at marketing, a lot of the time we limit ourselves in a thought process to paid advertising and some component, but marketing is a toolkit with any number of things and there are multiple ways to skin a cat and so it's going to cost you something whether it's dollars time energy whatever you put on it for a lot of gym owners if those dollars aren't readily available it needs to be time and effort and so you, you go spend some time on facebook groups you spend some time on the organic side of social media to continue to spread the word about this business right the result is we need leads from somewhere. Right? Right. At the end of the day, we're not a very good fitness business if we don't have fitness business customers. Correct. And so we need leads from somewhere. Where they come from is for you guys a number of different sources at this point. Yes. And so and, go ahead, please. And yes, you know, on top of that, the advantage that we have is we're not just a facility. So we are not just one of those you're going to walk in and you only have equipment which there's nothing wrong with any of those facilities we have a little bit more advantage to the fact that we offer group fitness classes so i have several uh different formats that i can tap into and why taking those instructors like myself we can go out to community events as well and so we're not just taking part in community events but we're showing people um for example over the years uh, I'm not a runner, but I will warm up a 5K. I will get them warmed up. I'll get them going. My name is out there. You know, they, they get familiar with, there's something more than just, you know, she's just giving us a warm up here. Um, and mm. so that gives us a little bit more advantage in a marketing side. So it's, it's basically free. I just get to go to, you know, a lot of these community events and take part in them. And I've had yep. a lot of success doing that. Yeah. Well, Take us to the next step in the process, then walk us through when that lead comes in, be it from Facebook ads, Instagram ads, Google ads, website opt-ins, walk-ins off the street, word of mouth, whatever the source is, we get that lead, what happens next? Okay, so like you said, we could have various ways that, that can come in, they could walk in, um, they can access us from our website, read about the fact that their first visit's free. Um, we can get an email. 
once they walk through that door, immediately we will greet them, explain to them what Tinderbox is, what we have to offer. We'll give them a tour. Uh, we break down exactly what's uh, included in their membership. And then we also have those additional perks because we have community partners as well um, and other businesses that reside inside Tinderbox. And they will get the overall, every information that they need um, we will walk over to the equipment. We'll talk about the different classes that we offer. Once they decide either they're going to come back or they may just happen to walk in and say, okay, I'm ready to take my class now, uh, we will follow up with them immediately. So before they leave, we will ask them what their experience was like, um, if they would like to come back. We don't ever turn anyone back away. If they say, I, I just need to come back and try this one more time, I'm, I'm not even going to charge them the next time they come in. I want them to feel like this is the right place for them. So after that, um, if they do leave, we will follow up, whether it's an email, a phone call, um, just kind of stay in communication with them until they decide what's best for them. Who's handling within your business? Who's handling that sales process? I pretty much handle everything. Um, I'm a one-man show. I do have some additional help um, at my front desk, and they're all have been trained as to, you know, what, that uh, entitles for them if they're at the front desk when someone comes in. Um, they may just start that process and then I will come in and follow up and I will call each individual, email each individual and introduce myself and um, hopefully, you know, we, we see if we can get them back into the facility. Yeah. So you mentioned another thing that probably many gym owners will connect with, one man show, right? You took over this business about a year and a half ago. A lot of gym owners think that opening a gym is going to be all glory, all glamour. I'm going to be this awesome rock star gym owner. And then quickly find out that they're the person unlocking the doors in the morning. They're teaching a lot of the classes. They're the sales. They're the marketing. They're the person scrubbing toilets. They're the person <laughs> locking the door at the end of the day. That's true. For you right now, at least, you recently took over, but one man show, is that by choice or is that by necessity right now? It's a combination. Um, originally it is by choice because I feel like if I'm going to successfully run the business, I need to know exactly what's, what's happening. So what's coming in, what's coming out, how things are being handled. I think the old, old thing is, is, you know, I don't really like to ask anyone to do something because I, I know I can just do it and get it done. But I've also had to learn that I do have to delegate because the reality is, is we have to still balance our, our life, our kids, our family, our own health. And so being up here 12, 13, 14 hours a day is, is not realistic for anybody. And um, it has been um, a process, but I've been able to successfully tap into the resources I currently have. Some of my instructors, um, in fact, some of my members even help volunteer at the front desk, they say, hey, if, you know, it's, it's okay, you don't need to pay me, just go, go out for a couple hours, go do what you have to do, I'll be here. <laughs> and so that, that's tremendously helped a lot. Okay, and so, like you said, by choice, because we want to have at least a, a baseline working knowledge of the different silos within the business and, and how they all operate, as things move forward, do you anticipate successfully delegating some of those things to other people? 
Yes, it depends on what it is I want to delegate. Um, I think um, I'm not one of those I want to hide anything uh, from any of my members or anyone that works sure. here, but I think certain aspects of a business should never be really delegated. Um, okay. but well, let me ask, it, uh, ask the question a little bit different way then. In an ideal world, what would you spend the majority of your time on? Anything that will, uh, you know, bring anything back to the business. So if that's going out and, and meeting with other uh, business owners, uh, which relates back to my community partnerships, anything that's going to help bring more members, more services, that's where I would love to spend more time. Um, and so right now I am dividing a lot of that time um, and also just, like I said, getting involved in community events and doing things that if I could say, I don't, I don't need to be here for those couple of hours, I could go out and do something that yeah. is potentially going to yield back for the business. I see. Okay. And, and so far we've covered kind of how you became in this seat, in this position that you're in, what things look like today. Take us a little bit into the future now. Paint us a, a word picture of what your vision is for this business. Well, I think it's like anyone's vision is to continue to grow, um, to learn from any mistakes that we make, um, and also to thrive and really focus on what we do have. Um, I don't ever want to lose sight of what our vision is, but definitely more growth, um, focus a little bit more on some of the other services that we provide. And um, group fitness is, 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 is a little challenge. It's hard to get people, you know, to, to get comfortable and, and venture out and try something new, especially if uh, they're just used to just using equipment. So that's, that's our goal is just to continue to, pump out to the community that there is a safe, clean environment, um, encouraging family oriented um, type of facility. And for us, the benefit is the, the fact that we are all women. Yeah. And so it's, it's interesting, Amalia, the, like we said earlier, the, the process of a change in ownership is one that every situation is unique, but we see, kind of recurring themes when these things happen. And, and I think now you're getting to the point where you're ready to put your stamp on it. We're right at the new year. It's a perfect time. It's an exciting time for you. As we approach the end of our time with this podcast and begin to wrap things up, why don't you tell people listening where they could find out a little bit more about the business? Absolutely. If they just come and visit our website at www.tinderboxfitness.com, it will basically give you all the information about our facility and how the facility uh, really has gone from not just a facility, but through COVID, it became more about saving Tinderbox. We were actually featured several times on local uh, newspapers and local news articles. Uh, we were on the news several times. And um, so a little bit more of that backstory uh, has really tremendously helped us and for people to understand that we are a small business, we're not corporate owned, and that um, fitness at the end of the day, sometimes people look at it as a luxury, but it is essential to our health. And we want people to make that investment and feel comfortable with the investment that they're making in themselves. Fantastic. Well, everyone listening, 
check out the website, check out the social media. Thank Amalia for being here. Amalia, it's been a pleasure hosting this conversation. I'm excited for you going into the new year. I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. Awesome. And so to everyone who tuned in, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like, hit subscribe if you're interested in joining us for a future episode to talk about your model and how you operate within the arena. Click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.